Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Support for this episode is brought to you by Chirpy Bird Health IT Consulting. The 2020 MIPS Manual is out now on Amazon, and it's a great resource for practice administrators and clinicians who need to keep up with the changing healthcare laws. Welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast, where with each episode, we hear from different women experts in the health IT industry. We like to hear about what makes them tick, how they overcome challenges, work they're proud of, advice they would give to other women in health IT, and much more. I'm Joy Rios. And I'm Robin Roberts. Today, we're talking with Michael Blumenthal, the COO for Hiro, which is a company that specializes in conversational AI and healthcare applications. We learned so much from Michael and hope you will too. So let's get started. Today we're speaking with Michael Blumenthal. Thank you very much for joining us. And we are constantly talking about how complicated healthcare and health IT in that space is, like a thousand or four thousand piece puzzle, depending on your point of view and how we all carry a piece of it. Michael, if you could please take a moment to introduce yourself and your piece of the healthcare IT puzzle. Yeah, Joy. So my name is Michael Blumenthal. And first of all, I have to say that I'm very excited to be hosted on your wonderful podcast. So thank you so much for having me. A little bit about myself. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at Hiro. Hiro is a relatively young startup. We're conversational AI experts working in the healthcare space. So we're developing the next generation of virtual assistants with voice and text interruption, helping healthcare organizations boost their patient experiences. So from, from the patient side, we're making healthcare more accessible by making their interactions with the provider or the payer easier, more enjoyable, more effective. And from the healthcare organization side, we're streamlining their patients' interactions, making them more scalable. So that's Hiro. And while I've been in the tech world forever, I'm actually relatively new to the healthcare space. I started my tech career in the Israeli army, actually. The Israeli army has this amazing technology unit called A200. And a lot of the tech scene in Israel are alumni of that unit. So I was an officer and I served for about four years, loved every second of it. It's also where I met my husband on the first day of boot camp, so kind of funny. And then, uh, so at the time I was a project manager, I was managing the unit's flagship cybersecurity project. After the army, I completed my bachelor's in computer science while working for an Israeli startup called MCE. So at that startup, I was the 20th employee. I started as a QA engineer while I was getting my degree. And then seven years later, I was VP Project Management and Customer Success, 
with the five teams under me. So those were customer success managers, project managers, 24-7 support, field engineers, and quality control teams. That startup was developing solutions for telecommunications companies. So I was working with companies like AT&T and Sprint. Then I joined a different Israeli startup called Spot. They have this magic software that helps their customers reduce their cloud computing spend. And with that startup, I relocated from Israel to the U.S., uh, to the Bay Area. And the plan was I was supposed to build their sales organization in the U.S. So I was the first salesperson here, and very quickly I had three teams on two different coasts, and everything was going great. But then I met Hyro's CEO, and he pretty much offered me an offer I couldn't refuse, which was to join Hyro's founding team as the COO. So that was an amazing opportunity for me because the company just raised the seed round of $4 million and was already working with, with Wall Cornell Medicine in New York and seeing a lot of success. Not to mention, you know, conversational AI helping healthcare organizations seem intriguing to me. So there I, there I was, and six months ago, I jumped on the healthcare train. And, you know, let me tell you, it's been one hell of a ride. <laughs> I can only imagine, like, one, thinking about the cultural difference from moving from Israel to the Bay Area. Like, that must be night and day, just different culturally. And then, of course, from tech to just entering into healthcare space, and then the timing of it all, where we're now in, you know, COVID land. So can you talk about maybe just the, the cultural change that you've experienced in all of those shifts that have happened in your life, how you've handled that? Absolutely. So you're absolutely right. Two major changes. One, culture change moving from Israel to the U.S. And then second, moving from uh, telecommunication and the cloud industry into healthcare. So Pretty, pretty big changes from, from my side. I think the cultural change wasn't as big as I expected because as Israelis, we grow up on American TV and American food. And so we're pretty, we're pretty accustomed to, to the culture. I would say the biggest difference is that we, are, we might be more direct in our approach. And, we, and when it comes to work, we don't really know to separate between our personal life and work. So work-life balance is, uh, is something I definitely learned, learned more when moving here, especially in the Bay Area. That's good, I think. And then in terms of moving industries, that was, that was a fun journey for sure. So, you know, when I just started in the healthcare industry, I kept hearing from everyone how the industry is old-fashioned and too complex. And definitely too complex to accept innovation and change. But then from my experience, I think the industry is eager to innovate, actually. So I can talk about it as part of my role. I'm actively reaching out to leaders in the field to learn about where our technology could be helpful. So I get to speak to all these amazing executives and get their perspective. So I think if you think about the industry and the innovation around us, I think it's mainly around two levels, the individual level and the organizational level. From my personal experience talking to all these executives, I think that they're pretty open to new ideas and they're willing to adopt, adopt new technologies. I can give you an example of one of uh, the most inspiring CIOs I've had a chance to talk to, and that's uh, BJ Moore from Providence. He actually comes from a technical background, so he worked at Microsoft for a very long time. And from just talking to him and get his perspective, learning about all the different use cases conversational AI can help with in the healthcare space, it's really clear that he's one of those people that will single-handedly change the industry and move it forward. And he's just one example. So the industry is full of leaders who are, who are putting technology as the goal, I think. And then on the other, the other level is the organizational level. So 
I have to admit that being a startup that moves fast, it is pretty challenging to work at the pace of these big giants. But there is hope there also. So luckily, the, there are numerous initiatives that are, are trying to tackle this. And I can give you an example. So Kaiser has about 17 innovation labs. I think an innovation labs are a great solution for this problem because they are they're building easier and quicker processes to evaluate new technologies. And they're actually getting budgets to do it and the support from the organization. So I think there's definitely hope, not to mention, you know, that COVID is pretty much changing everything. So the willingness to adopt new technology is at all-time high, I think. Michael, when you talk about the AI technology of what you're doing, can you distill some of the complexity for our listeners and give us an example about how Hyro is making the patient side of things easier? What is something that your AI is doing to make something easier, simpler, and more efficient? Absolutely. So I'll start with with a quick introduction to what is conversational AI, I think. So conversational AI is a set of technologies that enables human to interact with machine, right? So the interfaces can vary. They can be a chatbot on the website, which takes text as an input. It can also be all the different voices interfaces. So think about Alexa, Google Home, Siri, those kind of interfaces. And conversational AI is considered the fifth wave of digital transformation. So the waves of digital transformation are, are those huge, huge events of new technologies that pretty much transformed our lives. So the first one was the internet, right? The second one was search, which made the data accessible. Third one is mobile. Now you you have this access to, to the information from pretty much everywhere. And then the fourth one was social media. That's a relatively new one. And the fifth one, the latest one is voice and conversational AI. And there are some great reports that are showing the adoption of this technology, even, even though it's relatively new. There's a report by Gartner that shows that 80% of businesses are going to introduce some sort of interface, of conversational interface by the end of this year. So it's pretty, it's pretty interesting because it's no longer a matter of early adopters. It's now if you don't have conversational AI in your business, you're pretty much late to the game. When we're talking about those different interactions, we're talking about all the different digital channels in the patient journey. So it's not just websites, it's also mobile applications, it's also call centers. So you can think about a bot that is actually picking up the phone at the call center or proactively calling you. Now with the, all the reschedules that are going to have to happen because of Corona, then we're going to see a lot of that use, of that use case, for example. So Really, wherever there's a benefit for any type of automated communication between a human and a bot, that's where conversational AI kicks in. I'll tell you a little bit about how we're innovative in this space, and then we can talk about some interesting use case in the healthcare space. So in terms of conversational AI, Hyro's innovative approach is in two main areas, in how we understand the patient's questions, and then in the way which we provide the most relevant answer. So... If I'll start with how we understand the question, I'll try not to be too, too technical because I am an engineer after all, but I'll try to keep it uh, simple. If you think about traditional natural language processing solutions like Alexa and Google Home and Siri and those good stuff, they're using something that's called predefined intent. So for example, what's the weather today would be one intent. What's the weather like next week would be a different intent. And so... For all those different intents, you have, if you're building a solution like this, you have to think about them in advance, right? You have to understand what are all the different questions your users are going to ask. 
And then you have to provide thousands of examples for those conversations. And that's, that's the process that is called training the AI, right? But this process takes a lot of time, a lot of conversations, examples, and also natural language processing expertise. And if you think about healthcare organizations, most of them, they, they just don't have the resources for such a project. So you just don't see projects for natural language processing happening. What we're doing is we think we have a whole new different approach for this. We call it intentless conversational AI. So basically, instead of moduling those different intents, what we do is we actually module the English language. So we learn all the different language rules, like the location of the verb in the sentence and things like that. And we actually understand what the patient is asking in real time. And that allows us to get to a very high level of conversation from the get-go and to be pretty much use case agnostic. So that's the, side, the, the aspect of understanding the user question. And then in choosing how to provide an answer, that's also pretty innovative because I'll explain it with an example of one of the most uh, common use cases we have, which is a virtual assistant that helps patients find the relevant doctor and schedule appointments and navigate the website, the provider's website. So with traditional solutions, you would first need to think about all the different questions the patients can ask. And for example, I'm looking for a cardiologist would be one intent, right? And then I'm looking for an OBGYN would be a different one. And not to mention, if you want to blend all those different attributes together, then you have to think of thousands of intents pretty much. So what we do there is we actually leverage existing data sources. So we take the website. The website already have all the different doctor pages. If you think about it, then the pages already have all the doctor's attributes, like the, their reality and their age and their um, location. So what we do is we just, we process all that information and we build something that's called a knowledge graph, which basically allows us to query that data using human language. So now patients can go on the provider's website and they can click on our widget and they can say things like, I'm looking for a cardiologist who speaks Spanish and do they accept Cigna insurance and do they have any availability next week? And we can manage understanding to understand all those different attributes because of the way our technology works. And a funny, a, fun, a great story was when I just joined the company, I was the first woman to, to test the, this use case and I asked for a female OBGYN. And it's a use case that our uh, male founders did not think about, but it worked because, and it worked with, without thinking about it beforehand because it's just an attribute that was already there. So that's a great, a great example for how, how easy it is to set up a solution like this. And then also in terms of maintenance, because if you think about this use case, if a new doctor joins or a doctor leaves the network, or if, if the phone number changes, then because we scrape the website every day, it, it automatically updates. So you don't, have to, you don't have to do anything to update the bot. And then really, if I take a step back, we're trying to make the experience of finding a doctor easy and fun as if you're getting a ride on Uber, if that makes sense. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt, but we wanted to let you know about a way you can support Hit Like a Girl podcast directly. We've partnered with patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, is a way for us to connect with our listeners and fans in a direct way and ask them to support us so we can continue creating more great content like this episode you're listening to. Patreon.com is not so much of a one-time contribution, but more like a subscription to provide support to independent creators like us. Patrons who pledge even just $2 a month give us the stability we need to continue producing podcast episodes. In return for your patronage, we're offering virtual high fives, personalized thank you notes, and even shout outs on our episodes. When you become a patron of Hit Like a Girl podcast, you're supporting our channel directly, so we won't be making podcast episodes for some viral audience or for ads. 
or making them for you, our listeners. This allows us to focus on topics related to women, healthcare, and technology. With your support on Patreon.com, we're able to spend that time having meaningful conversations and doing more great work that can positively impact the lives of other women in healthcare and tech. So join us on Patreon.com and let's make something amazing together. In most cases, do the patients actually know that they are interacting with the bot? Or is there ever a time where they, you know, might not be aware that it's AI that they're interacting with? And maybe that's a silly question because I don't know how much of it is voice activated or if it's all on a website. But do they ever feel like maybe there's actually a human on the other side who's answering their questions? Does it have any sort of personality? And then my second question is sort of where else will people or are they starting to see the interaction of this type of your technology more and more? Because I imagine as resources are thinning and people are adapting to this new world we're in, that what you are talking about is just going to be more and more anticipated or expected. Like if you can take any of the heavy lift off of folks that are on the front lines, then that's going to be very appreciated. Yes, absolutely. So first of all, your first question is not silly at all. On the contrary, it's something that occupies this this technology for a long time. And I think it's it's interesting because, first of all, our approach is that we don't try to uh, seem human because we think that no matter how good we can get, we will never be as good as a human. And we, we want to set the expectations right from the beginning. So we always start with saying, hi, I'm a virtual assistant. I can help you with ABC and things like that. However, I can tell you that last week, so I'll tell you a little bit more about what we're doing for Corona. But last week, we had one person that says that told our bot, stay safe, <laughs> stay safe and healthy. So I think sometimes people can get confused. But if, from our perspective, we try to set the expectations right and make sure that the users are aware that they're speaking to a bot. It's also important when you want them to be able to hand off the conversation to a real person in case the bot doesn't understand something or if they get upset, you do want them to be able to know that they can they can move on to, to speak to a real person. Does that make sense? Yeah, that doesn't always happen all the time with all of that technology. It's, it's not always easy to get to a person. So I'm glad to know that Hiro has accommodated that. So tell us, what is Hiro doing with the pandemic? You know, what is it you guys are doing now and what will you continue to be doing? When this whole situation just started, all our virtual assistants, especially the ones on the website, started to get questions on Corona, right? So patients would go on the website, click on the widget, and then say things like, what are the symptoms? Where can I get tested? Questions of this sort. And we didn't have the answers at the beginning. So we, we all went into our conference rooms so and we have, well, it's, it's multiple conference rooms because we, have, we were spread across the California, New York, and Tel Aviv in Israel. But we brainstormed on what, what we can do. And we decided as a first step to use the CDC website. So like I said, one of our capabilities is to use websites as our data source. And so we went to the CDC, we scraped their FAQ pages, and then we added that content into the bot. And so the bot was able to answer all the uh, frequently asked questions that were on the CDC website. And the maintenance is also super important here because those instructions change on pretty much an hourly basis. So it was very important in order to keep the integrity of the data that we're providing patients to be able to automatically update the information as the CDC updated. So that was the first step. We used the CDC FAQ. And then we started to get a lot of conversations and a lot of traffic. So we said, you know what, this could be helpful for a lot of organization, healthcare organizations. 
So we decided to take the capabilities of that we built around Corona and offer those for free for anyone who can benefit from it. And so we started with the FAQ, but then we added also a self-risk assessment. So patients can go through the flow of understanding what is the risk level they're on. And then the third thing we're doing is we're customizing the instructions based on each organization's policies. So, And that's also, of course, we're also offering that for free because that's really where the biggest value is, uh, letting the patient know what is the next, the relevant next step for them. So, for example, we see a lot of organizations that uh, for high-risk patients, they're instructing them to schedule a virtual appointment, and then we give them the link to schedule that appointment. So we make it super easy and accessible to understand what's the next step for you. And I think that's also providing Finding some information about what's happening is also another important aspect of that. So yeah, we decided to offer that bot for free for your providers or and health plans website. And it's going pretty uh, insane, I have to say. <laughs> Within a month, we went live on so many different websites and we're helping thousands of patients every day. So I'm happy that we were able to contribute our part in this crazy situation. That's really great to hear. I'm glad that you guys are getting the traction that you are because it seems like what you guys are providing is so very needed. So, Michael, we like to ask everybody if they could put on their magical thinking cap. If And, and in these days, it's like, who knows? It's just such a wild time. You were seeing all kinds of problems come to the surface in healthcare and health IT and technology. So based on what you've seen in your experience, what problem, if all of the issues and challenges in solving that problem, time, money, resources, et cetera, was taken away, what problem in healthcare or health IT would you solve? And tell us why. So obviously I have to say Corona is the problem I would want to solve now, but I think we talked a lot about that. I kind of want to steal Cherie's response to this. So she, she was a guest on one of your other episodes and she said data. I think that data is, I wouldn't say it's a problem, but I would say it's the, the area that could have the highest impact right now in, the, in healthcare because there is just so much you can do with it, right? The possibilities are endless. I mean, Hyro is, is contributing a little bit to that with making the data more accessible, but it can go a lot much further than that. You can, you know, there is so much you can do with the data. Just thinking about it, you can, so much research you can use it for, so much uh, sharing the information between the different providers that you can uh, work on. And I think that because of all the regular regulatory changes that are happening right now, we're closer to the solution than ever before. I really like that. And I think that the ability to make your resources so accessible from what you were saying before also about you know, what you all are doing with COVID, I think is admirable. The ability to respond quickly and have the scale and the reach that Hyro does is quite remarkable. Michael, there is so much to keep up with, especially nowadays, but always in healthcare. It's an industry that changes every day, if not hourly in times like this. Where do you read to keep up with all things healthcare and AI and keep your finger on the pulse of things? Right. So I love healthsystemcio.com. They do this great Q&A sessions with the different CIOs of healthcare organizations. So that's a great way to learn one about the industry, but also two on the different challenges that CIOs are currently facing. So for being in health IT, I think it's a great source for information. And then another great source is Becker's Hospital Review. So just to stay on top of everything that's happening in the industry. And then 
in terms of conversational AI, VoiceBot AI, I don't know if you've heard of them, they're a great uh, source for all the latest around this, around conversational AI and this rapidly evolving technology. They also did a feature on us, so I have to love them. <laughs> yeah, I think those are the three that I would recommend. That's great. And if people want to start using your technology or get in touch with you or follow you or somehow get some project going, what are your handles, what are your socials, and what's your contact information? Very active on LinkedIn. And uh, my name is Michael and I'm a female, so pretty easy to find. <laughs> I know it's a bit unusual, but I try to make it work. So LinkedIn is a great way to contact me. Also, my email is just michael at hiro.ai. If anyone wants to reach out, please do so. And also our website. So hiro.ai is our website. Thank you so much for joining us to help us learn more about you and about Hiro and bringing us some great new information, Michael. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. So great being here. And thank you for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. If you want to know more about us or this guest, check out our website at hitlikeagirlpod.com. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes or simply tell a friend. You can also connect with us on Twitter or Instagram at the handle hitlikeagirlpod. Thanks again. See you soon. Thank you to Chirpy Bird Health IT Consulting. You can find out more about them at www.chirpybird.com.